Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Discipleship needs to have certain essential components. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. Today, I want to talk to you about the subject of mentoring and discipleship to help you in your journey and to help other people in their journey. You know, this is such a large and expensive subject that it may help to break it down in like bite-sized portions so that we can identify some of the key elements and get an appreciation for them. I think that would be helpful to us. You know, as I look across uh, the body of Christ, it seems to me that most churches tend to focus on the aspects of discipleship and mentoring uh, that they value as a result of how they've impacted their own life or for whatever their gift mix and their anointing may be. As an example, you know, one church could focus on character development using personal accountability, great discipleship tool. Another church could focus on the classroom setting, really building a theological and doctrinal foundation in people. You know, that you can't argue with that. Another church could emphasize practical ministry training, like uh, leading people and leadership techniques and leading small groups, certainly part of discipleship. And of course, the one I think that, that we're weak in, honestly, across the whole board, is really defining discipleship as multiplication, as winning other people to the Lord. So that aspect of it uh, really has to be included if we're going to have a holistic discipleship uh, program. So all those parts, the things I just mentioned to you, they are all valuable, and I would say that they are all necessary. But rather than dividing everything up into like a lot of hyper detail, I think we should just try to identify what I would say is the the key uh, four containers of the way discipleship can be presented. I've given some thought to this, and I'm not saying you couldn't add more to it, but I'm going to take a shot at this here and try to help you clarify. You know, when you're building a house, you do the excavation, the concrete, the foundation, you know, you do that. Then you do the framing. Then you do the wiring or the plumbing. You know, then you do the insulation. Then you do the drywall. You know, there there are, there are things you do in sequence, and all of those parts are important. What's interesting, though, is they're all integrated. The guy doing the drywall knows that he's going to put the drywall where the framers put the walls. That that just stands the reason. But he is just focused on the part that he's doing, knowing that the master contractor, the general contractor, has orchestrated everything to be there. So the drywall guy isn't concerned about two-by-fours. The electrician isn't concerned about two-by-fours. You know, that's the job of the framing team to be concerned about the two-by-fours. You know, when you start designing a house, you design it to fit your needs, and and then you start talking about, well, what kind of trim do we put in it, and, you know, where do we put the windows, and how many switches and plugs per room, and do we put a fireplace in? Those are all things you add to the container you establish. And I think sometimes when we're doing teaching in the church, especially discipleship, we try to get a list of all these things. Well, we got a box full of plugs, and 
we got a box full of books and, you know, so we better build a bookshelf in the new house. And we kind of built it backwards rather than forecasting uh, where we're going. And I want to suggest to you, I think there's uh, another way to do it that will really enhance a new believer's life and enhance the immature believer, maybe that person that's never been discipled. So let me take a crack at this and throw out to you uh, four containers, I think, that are very valid that need to be considered. And you might add to this, but I think if we focus on those four and say, you know, we're going to have a foundation, we're going to have a roof, we're going to have walls, we're going to have electricity, and then we fill those in rather than trying to start with a massive detail sheet. So number one, I would say is this, that every person needs a one-on-one with somebody. Every person being discipled or mentored should have somebody, there should be a face in their life where they have one-on-one time with that person who's mentoring them, who's investing them, who's caring for them and loving them. Number two, they need to be brought into a team where that experience continues as part of a team. They they relate to people, they relate to group, they connect to the ch- church, all those things that a team does. Number three is they need doctrinal training. They need to understand truth. They need to be able to rightly divide the word of God. They They need classroom time for sure. And then number four is they need practical uh, ministry training and experience uh, across the board for whatever they're going to be doing. And that could be anything from, uh, you know, teaching somebody on how to lead somebody to Christ to preparing them to go to a mission field or taking them on a short-term mission trip or teaching them how to lead the Sunday school department. So they need practical training and ministry on those things as well. Now, Here's the thing. When you design a house, you design it based upon your vision and based, quite frankly, on your needs. So that's why you can have two houses. You can have 100 houses, and they can have all the same components, but gee whiz, they're all going to be they're going to be different. They're going to have little nuances. Some will be radically different. Some will be a little bit different, but they're all going to have a roof. They're all going to have a foundation. They're all going to have a kitchen. They're all going to have a bathroom. You know, there are just certain essential things that make the house. And and that's what I'm saying to you. I think those four things, one-on-one time, uh, being part of a team, having classroom doctoral instruction, and being trained in practical ministry, I think those are the essentials of really developing a discipleship pattern that people can plug into. So, we can start checking the box and say, okay, do we have a group of people that can meet with people one-on-one? B, do we have an on-ramp where people can connect to a team and be part of that team? Number three, do we have courses and classes set up where they can be taught basic doctrine? Now, this is a classic example. Depending on the amount of teachers you have and how well-versed they have, would determine how deep you go with that one. There are churches that just have great teachers, so they're going to be able to run, you know, teaching 52 weeks a year. There are churches that that is not their strongest gifting at this point, but they can certainly do 12 or 14 or 16 foundational classes. Maybe they do them once a year. Maybe they do them twice a year. Maybe they do them three times a year, but they have, they have that component. They have that container and that container can be expanded to fit 
their abilities and their giftings and uh, even the demand for it as it comes. So, you know, that's that's a good illustration of how that may work. And then the fourth one, of course, is training them for practical ministry. So, you know, when I, I think the best way to describe it is this. Everybody's not worrying about everybody else's nails. The plumber's not worrying about how many nails he's, he's going to need to hang an apparatus on the wall. He's worried about how many nails he needs to hang his apparatus on the wall. The drywall hanger, he's not worried about how many nails the framer needs to hang his trusses, but he knows how many nails or screws he needs to hang his drywall. So I think when we break this down into bite-sized sections and put it in a container, even, even in the starting days, even if you know we're the person that's doing all of it, I think still breaking it down is is very helpful so that we can get a grip on it. And number one, we can measure our success. We can say, are we doing that job? And then, of course, one of the most important things is, does that person who's following you, that you're inviting into this discipleship relationship, do they know the the next step? You know, I, I like to tell this story. You know, years ago, I had a great guy in the church, and he had started a business. He was doing window cleaning, and it was doing really good. He was taking care of his family. He was hiring people. was doing really good, but he, but he had a problem because he developed trust, and he was doing some larger, you know, expensive homes. People were real interested in the trust factor. So after seeing him operate and, you know, the way he handled himself and how he showed up dressed neatly and speaking respectfully, you know, they said, oh, could you, you know, paint a bedroom for me? Could you do this for me? They, they would ask him to do little jobs. And he, he knew that to stop cleaning windows and to do that would take away from his main financial source. He also knew that he was leaving money on the table and possible uh, customer allegiance. And so he was talking to me about this. And I said to him, I said, well, you need to start thinking of yourself as a contractor, okay? You need to say, I need to have some people who I can call on that can do these other jobs because they're valid jobs and I can have a piece of that action. I don't have to worry about, you know, getting scaffolding. I don't have to worry about getting paint mixers and paint sprayers, but I can get the people to do that. And those people work for me and they will do that job because they're experts at doing that job. I won't have to, you know, be like how many gallons of paint, you know, I don't have to run to the store and get the paint for them. I don't have to match the colors. They're going to do that job. You know, what's interesting about that story is that that part of his business took off. And years later, that became the greatest financial uh, revenue stream in his business was the upscale painting that they were doing. So I think, you know, when we're doing the discipleship track, I think we really need to think about acting like a general contractor, saying, okay, I've got these different components They're all important. They all need done. I may not be the best person to do it, but hey, every church or every house needs a roof, and if I'm not a roofer, I'm going to get one. You know, every house needs a bathroom, and I might not be a plumber, but I'm going to get one. And then we begin to leave that details. And then we can, you know, we can remodel that bathroom. We can expand that bathroom. We can put linoleum in the bathroom, or we can put ceramic in the bathroom. We can put a jacuzzi tub in the bathroom, or we can put a shower in the bathroom. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll have a bathroom. And I tell you one of the things I think this really helps if we think with this container mentality, 
That way, every time we make an adjustment, we're not tearing down the whole system and starting over again. We're not saying, okay, we're scratching that. We're just saying we're expanding this container. This uh, classroom series now, instead of being, you know, 16 weeks, twice a year, now it's going to be uh, 20 weeks uh, twice a year, or it's going to be, you know, 15 weeks, uh, you know, three times a year, whatever it may be, or we're going to do, you know, double sets of classes. But those four things, one-on-one FaceTime, somebody really there involved in your life. Number two, being part of a team. Number three, classroom instruction. And number four, practical ministry. Somebody walking you through how to pray with somebody, how to minister to somebody, how to lead somebody. Uh, I think those are the components that we want to focus on. And I think if we do it, it will simplify our discipleship process in a church at any stage, at any age, at any size can plug in and do that. So I think this would apply to business situations as well. Just thinking of what are the key containers and then expanding those containers as needed. Hey, I want to remind you that we have an upcoming webinar uh, starting in the second week of March on Monday night. That would be Monday night, the 15th. It's three weeks. It's free of charge, but you do have to register. It's on God's government. What does the Bible say about government in the local church? I'm going to spend three Zoom meetings with you talking about that and discussing that. This is something that should have a lot of people interested. You can go to nrpastors.com and you can register to be a part of that live uh, webinar that will be three nights, Monday, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th. So, hey, share this with somebody, would you? If it's been a blessing, contemplate it, think about it, and give me some feedback on it if you learned something from it or if you've got something to add to it. Great to be with you. Today, Keith had a discussion on the different containers of discipleship. Discipleship needs to include one-on-one time, being part of a team, having classroom doctrinal instruction, and being trained in practical ministry. These essentials are needed to develop a discipleship pattern that people can plug into. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.